Hi, it's Allegra with a dose of modern life. Healthier, easier, more fun. On today's show, I'm going to talk about a communication tip that I call one more piece of information. Then we're going to have a chat with the amazing comedian and sex educator, Julie Katakis, also known as Madge the Vag. Just so you know, if you're a parent, you might want to listen to this episode before you listen to it with your kids. Then I'm going to give you an easy tip on how to be more productive that personally I think makes organizing a bit more, dare I say it, <laughs> fun. I'll listen more after this brief musical interlude. See you after the tunes. We're back. And now for my topic, one more piece of information. Now, I don't know about you, but I was the kind of kid who was constantly asking why. Why, mommy? Why? Why? Why is this? Why that? Why this? And I don't know if it was because <laughs> I was just constantly asking why or whatever. But eventually, my parents would get to the point where the only answer they would give me was because I told you so. Maybe you got that message as well growing up. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was a very unsatisfying answer. And I vowed that if I had a child, I would never, ever say, I told you so in response to a question. And I have been true to my word. I have an eight-year-old and I have absolutely never used that verbiage. And the interesting thing is that I learned something that has helped me in other parts of my life, which is because... I told myself that I would never say that. I have to answer all of her questions. And what I found was that a lot of her questions made perfect sense. And when I would give her that one more piece of information that she wanted to know, she was always satisfied. And it was a pleasant experience for both of us. You know, so she might answer, she might ask me a question and I would say, you know, honey, I don't know why it's like that. I don't know why flamingos are pink. Why don't we go look that up? And the same thing would go for the sorts of things where my parents used to say, I told you so. You know, if she would say, why do I have to clean my room? I'd say, because you need to learn how to take care of yourself. And that's one of mommy's most important jobs is to teach you how to take care of yourself when I'm not here. And then she stops asking. And I have applied this strategy in all areas of my life. I often feel that the era that we live in right now, the era of email and texting and instant gratification, that oftentimes when it comes to communication, we often choose efficiency over effectiveness. And the thing is, is they are not the same thing. Being an efficient communicator does not mean you are an effective communicator. In, all, in fact, it often means you're being ineffective. You know, when I teach people about public speaking, I often talk about the fact that most humans can only handle one piece of information in, in a 10-minute time span. If you try and give people too many tips to implement in a short period of time, then they end up not remembering anything. And that's the same thing with efficient communication versus effective. If you don't take the time to lay the foundation and then give people all the information they need, then you might as well have not laid the foundation because now they haven't learned anything. So I would suggest to you to try this in your life. 
when you're getting frustrated and you feel like somebody is asking too many questions, try giving them that one more piece of information and see if it doesn't make for a more pleasant and more effective communication. Coming up after the tunes, we'll have my interview with Madge the Vag. It's a great interview. I think it's a very inspiring and enlightening interview, but definitely, definitely, definitely listen to it by yourself before you play it for your kids. Hi world, today I am here with Julie Katakis, a New York-based comedian and the alter ego of Madge the Vag. And just so that you know, just a little public service announcement warning, we are going to be talking about sexual health, women's sexual health, but it's all in a very easygoing, you know, we're moms talking about it in a kid-friendly sort of way. Maybe you don't want your kids to listen to it without you listening to it first, but there you go. So Julie, for those people who haven't seen Madge the Vag, can you set it up for us and maybe even let us hear Madge's voice? Maybe you should ask me a question or something like that. Well, Madge the Vag was a concept um, I was approached about, and what I did was I came in and gave Madge the personality that she has right now, um, and the idea being that we are going to talk all about vaginas um, and sexual health, um, anything to do with women's health, really, and also our daughter's health, anything, and we do that by talking to experts, going on the street and asking strangers questions of course if they're willing and then doing fun skits to show that we don't listen we're not going to force it right (laughs) um and of course doing fun skits to kind of give life to it and show what's going on in many of our heads and yeah I'm sort of an exaggeration but I think a lot of us are kind of in that boat of like well what is this is this in my (laughs) pants is that supposed to be there did you smell that? Is that normal? <laughs> like everything to her, it's like the first time she's seen it. And the beautiful part of Madge is she's like this kind of retro character who didn't know about anything and is now not only learning about it, but taking on all of your most embarrassing questions and having the time of her life <laughs> learning about it. Like if Madge sees a discharge, she's like, oh, it's a discharge. This is fantastic. <laughs> I think she even calls going to her annual annual exam. We called it Happy Badge Day. Like it's her birthday. It's, it's your badge's birthday. It's time you go to the doctor. Woo-woo. But uh, yeah, geez, if that if Madge asked you a question, it could range anywhere from, oh, did you know you had a vagina? What did you find out? I just found out two years ago. Isn't it oh something? She, she makes me laugh so hard. She's so new. I love the like, I love the fact that it's educational and entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because it's not like this is the first, you know, series of videos that talks about women's health, but it's the first that I think you really want to watch in in a way that, one, it's not like, ugh, or, you know, oh, it's not comfortable, or you're just like, oh, this is too technical or whatever, but it's like, oh, yeah, this is fun, and I just learned a million things about that stuff, so. And it seems like the people that you interview get really into it, too. I mean, there was one doctor you were talking to, and you were talking about female orgasms and why it doesn't seem to happen more often and the male doctor a male OBGYN said that most men were e-cliterate yes did isn't that an interesting word so for people who haven't seen the show I just want to clarify it's not like Julie is dressed up in some pink plastic suit when she's doing this character 
No, my head doesn't pop out of a plastic badge or anything like that. <laughs> hey, that's an idea there. They could tickle you into the armpits or something and <laughs> pop out. So Match just looks like a regular person, a little bit retro with big yeah. black glasses and bangs and a little cardigan, some jeans. Very cute. It almost seems like the title of the show should be Madge Talks Vag. You know, that might be a bit more, yeah. <laughs> Just as a way of explaining to people who haven't seen. So the thing that I think is really interesting about Madge, though, is she doesn't just do these interviews on the street. You actually talk to sexual educators, sexual experts. Can you tell me your favorite person and maybe something interesting that you learned from them that surprised you? Uh, yes. So my favorite, and I would, I think is the audience favorite is Dr. Angela, yes. who awesome. is just, she's so fun and she's so easy for me to just interview, talk to, uh, has tons of amazing information and communicates it in a way that is just so comforting and it doesn't feel like she's being overly technical and she's easy to follow. And that's why she's so great. She's funny. She's just fantastic. And this kind of sounds very silly, but I think what surprised me the most is that uh, when I met her, I was like, wait, she's the gynecologist. And um, it surprised me because when I think of going to the gynecologist and other doctors I've spoken to, they, it's, it's often very, I don't know, it's kind of cold. And, and you think of someone who is just going to lay out some, you know, big words for you and, and not, it feels sort of sterile, but she just felt really warm. And I think, you know, when I read the comments about her, everybody's like, I want her to be my gynecologist, <laughs> which is kind of like a weird thing. But that comfort there that she gives is just like, I mean, going to the gynecologist is hard enough as is. And to find someone like her who makes it all feel okay, I think it's kind of a gift. So yeah, she's by far the best. She just seems cool. She seems like someone you'd want to go have drinks no, with. Yeah, I would. I would love to hang out with her. She's an adorable little family. I follow her on Instagram. She's got a podcast. So I would say, you know, she's, we all should be following Dr. Angela, getting to know her. She's amazing. And I will put links to Madge the Vag and Dr. Angela and everything at AllegraRamos.com slash podcast. Okay, so Julie, I have a question for you. What was your sex talk? like so I didn't get a good sex talk I will tell you I didn't have one at all uh I didn't ask I didn't feel comfortable uh, my parents were typical uh you know I think of their generation in that they didn't say hey you're getting <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just gonna stop you for a second is your dog yeah, drinking water or something yeah she is <laughs> We'll let her finish. I'm sorry. She's a big girl. Julie, are you having oral sex during this interview? <laughs> well, I'm trying to get into the moment. <laughs> Ooh, she's still drinking. She is loud. <laughs> she's a big. She's a big dog and uh, thirsty. <laughs> and there's water everywhere. So that's how it is. Every time she's a big girl. <laughs> okay. She's done. Okay. <laughs> I was really allowed. I might have to leave some of that oh in. My. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. joke is good. Um, so the sex talk. All right. So my parents were typical of their generation in that they didn't 
come to me to ask me like, or, you know, they didn't think like, let me come to her at an appropriate age and start giving her some information so that she can go mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. more confident and prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they totally just avoided it. So my mother never talked to me about anything. And if I think if I ever asked, she would just say, I, and I never said like, mommy, I don't remember saying like what's sex or anything like that. But if I said anything along those lines, she would respond with like, well, that's just inappropriate, which that's sort of like a, a way to cut it off, right? That didn't make me feel mm-hmm. like I could talk to them. And it also kind of added a layer of, you know, like a little shame around this topic, right? So right. I do remember my dad. And I was, I had already learned everything. I think I was like 17. <laughs> I, we were in the car, which is actually a great place I've heard. I think we learned that a, a car drive is a good place, but he had already stopped the car. So I just felt trapped though. And then, <laughs> and he started telling me about, oh, just like masturbation and why that's okay. Oh, wow. And, and just like what sex is and. I, yeah, and, he, and but it was too late, and they had already established like a weird sort of relationship with it. So I just felt extremely uncomfortable. But in my head, I was like, "Well, he's trying to do a nice thing, but he missed it by several years." And you know, I already learned everything. I mean, at like sixth grade, I learned all the stuff. <laughs> right. So you mean in, you know, in class six- or from your friends? Yeah. Oh, from my friends. Okay. When did we start getting like sex ed? I think in in junior high. I remember the main stuff from in high school. But yeah, my parents. I mean, we are. I, my friends were already talking about mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I, my I had an older brother. Oh, okay. Sake. Oh, okay. <laughs> sex ed, a la Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I was like, I know what all this stuff is. Too right, late. Right. Right. So Julie and I both have eight-year-olds, and I'm wondering, as the mother of an eight-year-old, how are you approaching her sex ed? So what I set out to do, and I had gotten some advice from people, um, and I think it's great to have books on hand for kids, obviously, um, but I my goal is to always answer her questions honestly, not to come to her but if she asked me, you know, which she has already, you know, what sex is, she asked me a slew of questions. But um, when she when she asked me, I will answer and I'll answer honestly and not say, you know, anything about, you know, not make the stuff stuff up, essentially, like storks and things of that nature. So I told her as, you know, bits as we went along. And you can kind of tell when a kid, when you're overdoing it, which a lot of us try really hard and in the end over talk almost and you'll see like a glaze in their eyes and they're talking <laughs> yeah. about like I-, I just wanted some Legos like what are you talking about <laughs> so you know you answer it as you go and it's good to have books if like it's you know sometimes that really helps with talking about those things but we've talked about it she knows and she took it quite well I mean yeah it was fine it's good is there a book that you like um Oh, there's a this one, and of course I forget what it's called right now. I can like send it to you, the name of it when I find out. But it's about a grandmother ask, answering her granddaughter's questions about sex, and she said it's put out in such a nice, easy way, and it kind of felt nice because it's like I don't know. Sometimes grandchildren have a nice little connection with their grandparents. Um, and it, it was just communicated really well and just made it, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. That, that's how it happens. So. 
Okay, great. I'll put it on the website. And I have one that I really like as well that is from the 60s and is really great. And I'll put that on the website too, allegroramos.com slash podcast. So how has Madge the Vag affected your stand-up comedy? So interesting that you should ask. Um, I really, it hasn't really changed so much as far as content. It's not like now I talk about vaginas on stage all the time or stuff like that. I don't really. I mean, I talk about my daughter, of course, and being a mother and the weird things that happen. But the really, it doesn't change the content of my stand-up so much. It's still like what I'm encountering in life. But I would say as far as like being animated on stage, that's probably increased just because I'm used to doing like character stuff now um, as opposed to before. But, um, yeah, I mean, before doing Magic, I think part of the reason why I was asked to come in uh, to sort of audition as this kind of thing is I used to, I've done videos on interesting things like pubic hair and, uh, you know, like the Go Girl, which is a female urination device and just like. Oh, yeah, I love, I have a Shiwi. Oh, really? Aren't they great? They're so great, especially when you're camping. No, yeah, they're so great. They're perfect. Because, mm-hmm. you know, especially kids, they cannot, you know, they don't have a good, they don't have good stream control. <laughs> so for people who have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> these are like funnel type items that women mm-hmm. can use in order to pee mm-hmm. standing up as, you know, sometimes you need to do, right? Yes. And we've done it. Yes, they are great. So what has been the reception of Madge the Vag? How, how long has this series been live? So about a year and a half, we started, I think, December 2016, we shot the first one. A uh, year and a half that it's been going, it's 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 quite popular, it, you know, it does quite well, and people really seem to like it. There's even men that comment on it and say, is it weird that I watch this? And some single dads have said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But a lot of single dads are like, oh, well, this is really helpful for me when I'm talking to my daughters. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And some men are like, why can't they have, you know, like a, a, I don't know, a Patrick the Peter. That would be really (laughs) fantastic for men. (laughs) But it's like. I mean, it's pretty amazing. You already have over half a million followers. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, you know, a lot of the videos really have taken off. Um, that are hot topics like nudity. There's one we did about nudity in front of your children. And you'll see comments on there if you actually take the time to read them, where a lot of people are like, this is terrible. You should, you know, they, they come from that kind of viewpoint of like being nude in front of your children is setting them up for, you know, other bad things and, you know, take really sexualizing the nudity. Um, but in the experts that we talk to, we learn differently from that. I love that you mentioned single dads, and I know I have single dad listeners, so can you recommend some Madge the Vag episodes that you think would be helpful for single dads in talking to their daughters about these sorts of things? Yeah, uh, one is about kids and masturbation, which I would say applies to all of us, you know, uh, you don't, it wasn't just for girls either, but we tend to skew towards women and girls, but um that and I believe periods I think that's something if you are raising a girl you should know like what's going on when's it going to start happening um 
again, the nudity thing, because it's with dads and their kids as well, not just like mothers with their children, obviously, but what are you going to do as a dad and you have a daughter? Is that, you know, is there a time or an age where you shouldn't be? Or what do you say mm-hmm. when, you know, another really great one for both, you know, both moms and dads is um, calling private parts what they are. Uh, yeah. And Right. Just saying a vagina. And I know, I think I might be wrong, but dads have a harder time saying that to their girls, I think. And it makes them uncomfortable. And right, how right. that can be you know, a bad foundation if you can't say that kind of word or you kind of cringe around it and how to talk about that word. But I mean, I remember my mother freaked out when my daughter said that word. <laughs> she was like, what if she says it at school? <laughs> it's right. a word. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just a word. <laughs> I don't know. No, we don't talk about that part of your body. It would be like kind of a strange. Why? That's just this kind of idea that we, we sexualize everything when they come to you so so innocently about it. Even with you know kids and masturbation, they're not doing it for the reasons that you know maybe an adult would. They're just they're like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's you know going on down there? It's not as you know we over sexualize because that's where our minds probably are. Well, and here's where we are in talking to our kid about sex. You know, that book that I mentioned that I really like, it talks about reproduction, starts with flowers, and then it goes to chickens, and then dogs, and then humans, and it shows, you know, the sperm traveling through and going to the egg, and so for the chickens and the dogs, you actually see that they're in, like, a position, right? And when it comes to the man and the woman, they're, it's very discreet, they're under the covers, you can't see anything. But, you know, because she saw the chicken and the dog and this man and this woman in bed, my daughter asked me, Mommy, what position were you and Daddy in when you made me? Uh, so many, honey. There were so many. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an, it makes sense to ask that. It's like, this is how dogs will, you know, so, oh, there's a, a certain way. There's one way. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation for maybe later. Much later. <laughs> So where are you and your daughter talking about it? So right now, her questions have really centered around how children are made, how babies are made. So she hasn't gotten too much further. So I, I you know, I think this varies in age, obviously. I mean, it varies per kid, really. But when she really starts asking me, like, what is sex about? Like, why do people do that? Or... Why, you know, she's going to learn about other things. And I think it's completely fine to say, oh, because it really feels nice. And it's a wonderful way to connect to someone that you, you know, trust and care about. You know, I think that that's, you know, you don't have to do it to have a baby. You just do it to be with somebody sometimes, you know, in that kind of like relationship way. I don't think that that's such a bad thing to say. I mean, I think the concern and I think is always if you tell them stuff then they'll go do it but I'm not so sure that that's how it works yeah I don't think so either I think it's it's information it's not a direction to go do something you know one thing that I learned in my 30s that I wish I had learned in my teens you know when I had the sex talk and I wonder if this is something that maybe Madge the Badge has covered but is about the cuddle hormone about oxytocin have you guys talked about that No, we haven't. Yeah, so when you're intimate with someone, 
this hormone is released called oxytocin that makes you feel bonded to someone regardless of whether or not you want to. And I feel like if someone had mentioned to me about that potential emotional baggage, I, I'm, you know, I would have considered that in the choices that I made. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, that it does involve feelings. It isn't just like, or certainly, you know, it, it will be confusing. So if you want to go to that place, it should be with someone that you trust to go to that place with. And it's a decision. It's not, to, you know, and even saying like, it is something that should feel nice. I don't know that girls were told that before and just kind of took it to be like, oh, it's a thing I have to do, or it will be how it is. It's not supposed to just be, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be a nice thing, in other words. Well, I can't wait to show my husband the videos because, as you said, it's not just for single dads. It's really just for dads. And, yeah, you know, I want him to be informed so he's not just cringing over my shoulder as I'm telling our daughter about things. And I can't wait for my little to watch them, too. Your your daughter is already watching them, right? She watched them, yeah. Uh, not the orgasm one. We didn't do that one. Um, or the cunnilingus one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably a little <laughs> too early for that one. Yeah. Yeah, but she's watched them and, you know, it's, you know, it's just to her. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This is interesting. So, I, yeah, it's definitely not just a single dad thing. I think that's a really great point. Just because you're there doesn't mean that a dad with, you know, a wife there shouldn't be able to also help talk about it, particularly if the girl comes to him. And we don't want him to cringe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want him to cringe well julie it's been a pleasure talking to you where can people find you well i guess facebook is a great place to go so uh you can go to the madge the vag facebook page um you can go to my page which is just my name um those are the main places right now i think that uh would be most appropriate and i will have links to everything on my website at allegraramos.com slash podcast i hope you can join me again julie that sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. Coming up next, my tip for how to make productivity more fun after the tunes. And now for my tip. If you're like me, you might be a list maker. I love to make lists. I love crossing out the items as I complete them. However, I no longer use lists when it comes to my day planner. I use lists for things like my grocery shopping list or something like that. But when it comes to my appointments and the things that I'm working on, I no longer cross things off. And here's why. I discovered a few years ago that when I would take a macro view of my calendar, so when I would just look at my entire calendar, I couldn't tell which were items that I had completed and which were items that I had rescheduled or moved to a later date. And so I decided that instead of crossing things out when I completed them, what I would do is I would highlight them when I completed them. And then I would cross things out if I rescheduled them or if they no longer needed to be done. And I found that that was really effective in helping me look at my calendar on a macro scale and understand immediately how much I had accomplished versus how much I had pushed off to the future. And it actually made planning a lot more fun for me as well because I use a pink highlighter to highlight when I'm done with something. And so when I look at 
a calendar, a monthly calendar, or even my weekly calendar full of pink, it means I got a lot of stuff done. And that feels great. So try it sometime. Try using a highlighter instead of crossing things out and see if that doesn't make a difference in terms of motivating you. Because now I just, I just want pink. I want to see lots of pink because I know that I've gotten things done. And it also, it also feels more positive than crossing something out. Crossing something out sort of feels like you're negating it. And so while it's perfect for when you are rescheduling something and moving it to another date, the idea of highlighting something as a way of celebrating that, yeah, I completed something just feels a lot better. So thanks for tuning in today. If you thought the show was fun or useful, please let me know by sending me a tip through Patreon at patreon.com slash Allegra Ramos. And you can now also send me a tip through Anchor FM, which I think they'll include a little something about that at the end of the show. I don't know. They told me they were going to be doing that. So that's cool. I do have great thank you gifts for my supporters and look forward to when I have 500 patrons and can hire an editor to provide you with even more great content. In a couple weeks, we'll be catching up with my friend Angela and her journey to find her new passion after leaving the only job she's ever had in her entire life, where she was employed for more than a couple decades, and she's been making some great progress, so I'm excited for you to hear what she's been up to. And subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen, and please leave me a note. They mean more than you know, wherever you listen. And if you'd like to submit questions, you can email me at hello at AllegraRamos.com or download the free Anchor FM app and call into my show so I can play your question on the air. You can also check out my free cooking webinar at AllegraRamos.teachable.com. And until next time, be a spark in the world. Over and out.